coming up on the series premiere of Carefree RPG Strahdcast. As you travel on again, the sounds of the battle sort of dissipate into a nothingness and you find yourselves just in the fog, just you, no one else, nothing around other than the howling off in the distance. We cut to the inside of the house and we see a serving maid give a loud scream. (laughs) Go on. Speak with dirt. Um, it's like depending on the type of dirt, it like it always talks dirty to you, but like it just depends on how. Oh, dude, so good! Highly refined, dirty talk from some high quality oh soils. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of our Strahdcast. We are a new group of friends who are going to be playing through the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons module, Curse of Strahd. I am Nick Bygate, my pronouns are he, him, and I am going to be your Dungeon Master, or DM, for this campaign. In case you are brand spanking new, Dungeons & Dragons is a tabletop role-playing game that lives in the land of swords and sorcery. There have been many video games, board games, books, TV shows, and more that have been based on D&D. The players are going to be playing through the game as their characters and can make any decisions they want in any situation they want. When they are trying to do something, I will sometimes ask them to roll a 20-sided die or a d20 to see how successful they are at accomplishing their goal. There are lots of different skills out there for doing various things, so keep an ear out for them. We played a one-session adventure before this so that the group could get to know each other a bit, as not everyone knew everyone else coming in. Carefree RPG is a little project of mine that one day will hopefully be a bigger project, and I've wanted to do it for a while. It is something good to have come out of COVID-19. All of the content, whether it be on YouTube, the podcast, Instagram, or wherever, is for everyone. It doesn't matter your ethnicity, gender, age, or any other factor in your life. As long as you are a living, breathing human being, then this content is for you. The only thing we ask of you is to not be an asshole. Pretty simple, right? And maybe leave a comment or rate us on whatever podcasting app you are listening to this on. One final PSA, my mic in this episode was a little bit wonky, but it'll be better in future episodes. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, Shut up already, I'm here for some dice rolling. And I agree with you, so let's jump in and meet our players. Hi, I'm Ben Billado. My uh, pronouns are he, him. I will be playing Raznar Truthwalker, also he, him. He is a Minotaur Paladin. He stands 6 foot 5, 350 pounds. Oh yeah. He's got cinnamon brown eyes. (laughs) gray hair shaved in a, in a mohawk 
and he usually wears just like a chainmail uh, skirt, I guess is what you'd kind of call it. And then he's bare chested and hooven feet, so he doesn't wear any other articles of clothing except for that. And with like bandoliers of tomahawks and his adventurer's pack and his warhammer and shield. That is nice. the imposing beast that I will be portraying. Sweet. I forgot to mention, because it's kind of important with the uh, Minotaur, my like hide skin color is like charcoal black. Mm. Nice. Whoa, yeah. Uh, my name is Sarah Mayfield. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Tia Kerr. And she, her, is a five-foot-tall light cleric who is a blue jay Eric Cochran, or bird person. Um, she has also a blue feathered mohawk, so we're mohawk buddies. Nice. And yeah. she's dressed in her leather armor with her walking stick and her ratty backpack that is covered in patches and pins, and her like holy symbol of the sun is uh, stitched into that. And like an, at first impression, if you look at her, she looks like a peppy camp counselor, and that is also her personality. So she's kind of this <laughs> all-in-one package. Nice. Perfect. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name <laughs> is Joel LaHaye, and I am so jazzed to be playing this game with some good people. Uh, I will be playing Horatio Clearwater. Uh, hey, pronouns he, him, and also— What are your pronouns? Yes, sir. Thank you for asking. And I will also be going by he, him. Thank you very much. Horatio Clearwater is a halfling druid, a small but mighty man. Um, he has a mohawk as well. No, he doesn't. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> dude, can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, no, so no, 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 no. Yeah, no. I picture Horatio having a quaff of jet black hair, nicely swooped, uh, speckled mm. with gray. A little salt and pepper for you. Um, nice. Decently manicured sideburns coming down the side. So not like big bushy Wolverine style, but like solid burns. Okay. He's got kind of an olive tone and steel colored eyes. They're kind of gray. He's wearing just a, a pretty worn traveler's cloak, you know, trousers, uh, nice shirt. Uh, nothing too crazy, pretty modest in that sense. And uh, one of the probably, I guess, biggest biggest things that stands out about him is over his left eye is an eye patch. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit about Horatio there, folks. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm Logan Drackett. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And uh, I'll be playing Kieran Pale. He is a human, also he, him pronouns. And uh, he's a little bit tall for a human, but average build, green eyes, and dark brown hair. Uh, short, uh, short, yeah, kept short uh, on top of his head and in a, a goatee that normally would be tidy if he's in town, but often from his travels in the wilds, it gets a little out of hand. He is uh, jangling a little bit as he walks around in scale mail, and his weapons hang from his belt and a hand crossbow on a uh, holster just in the small of his back. There's a dour expression seemingly plastered upon his face. Did you say your class? Yeah. No, I didn't. Sorry, I'm a human, uh, ranger, and rogue. Nice. Ooh, multi-class. All right, just to recap from our little prequel session we did, everyone got together in the 
town of Ashenport by the sea. Uh, you came for a friend's funeral, and unfortunately, that friend turned into an undead zombie that oh God. you then had to dispatch. From there, you followed some clues and hints from the townspeople to the blacksmith who turned out to be making weapons for this group of cultists who were performing these dark rituals out in the woods, and you went and put a stop to them. Yes, we did. Raznor definitely put a stop to something, let me tell you. Smash that altar good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and a body in two. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was in two places at the wrong time. Save, someone's coming to save me. Oh, my God. Someone's coming to save me, and oh, no. From there, you have returned to the inn, healed up, spent the night, and you have all hit level two. Woo! So we will kick things off. So we open on the inn. It's a very foggy, thick, foggy morning, like what you would expect in a coastal town. You feel like you could almost sort of cut through the fog with your with your sword or blade of some kind. Uh, we go to Kieran's room. Kieran is putting on his gear, getting ready to head down to the common room for a little food and that. And cut to black. We see a woman in a big grassy field, a black carriage approaching on the road. The carriage is being pulled by two horses black as night with flames for tails and a mane. There is a half-elf driving the carriage. The carriage stops and an elderly woman gets out and approaches this woman who is in this grassy field. The woman is holding a fresh babe swaddled in her arms and the old woman approaches and she gets very agitated with this new mother. We can't quite hear what they're saying. The, The sounds are muffled. Um, but they appear to be having some kind of argument. The sound sort of comes in and out, and we hear, you can't leave us, you can't leave us, coming from the new mother. He needs his grandmother. He needs you, we need you, the family needs you. The old crone sort of sneers at the new mother. Well, you knew that I would come and go. You knew this. I am not a part of your family, and you are not a part of mine. I must serve my lord, my count. And with that, she turns and leaves. We come back to the inn, Kieran finishing dressing himself as he heads down to the common room. We now cut to Tia's room. She's getting herself all plumed and fluffing <laughs> her feathers. Yeah. Doing a little preening, you know. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, not pruning. Yeah. Preening. <laughs> <laughs> Just pruning with some garden cheer. <laughs> yeah. well, she's in, in the bathtub turning into a prune. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All of the above. Uh, she's got her trusty old backpack with her, with her pins on it. And same thing, we cut to black. This time we, we open on a a big mountainside and we actually see Tia and she's gathering some things together in what looks like her childhood bedroom. Uh, Once she's got all her stuff she she heads out and there is a huge pack of other Blue Jay Aarakocra outside waiting for her. You think you count at least 40 or 50. She approaches sort of the most matron looking one and they hug each other. Tia asks her 
Is father here? Has he made it back yet? The mother sort of strokes her and kind of gives a pained smile and says, we, we haven't seen him yet today. I was for sure that he was going to be home before you left. And just as if those words had summoned him, this large male Aarakocra comes flying and lands next to the family, along with a black raven with blue-tipped wings that, when it lands, morphs into a human, still with feathers, like a feathery cloak going down to the ground. My Tia, I'm so happy I made it home before you left. Come, let us have one last meal before you leave. We cut back to Tia. She's looking at that same backpack that she's had for years now since leaving home and all of her little knickknacks that she's pinned onto it. And she heads down to the common room. We go to Horatio's room. Horatio rubbing the patch of skin underneath his eye patch where his eye used to be. It hurts more this morning than it has in the past. We then cut to one of Horatio's memories, and it is him running through the forest as fast as he can. All we hear is the <laughs> and the thud of his feet as he runs. All of a sudden, a tree next to him explodes in splinters and begins to topple. Again, we hear the <laughs> as he runs. Another tree a few seconds later, again, explodes in splinters that shower upon him. <laughs> we see the edge of the forest as Horatio breaks out and into a large wheat field with a big house on the hill. We cut to the inside of the house and we see a serving maid give a loud scream. Ah! <laughs> It's Master Horatio! Come quickly! Something chases him! Again, as he's just sort of plowing his way through the giant stalks of wheat, he turns to look back at the creature chasing him, and we see sort of a white mask of this floating figure stop at the edge of the forest and throw its hand towards him. Right as he looks back, this force of energy just strikes him in the head and Horatio goes tumbling down to the ground in a heap. Servants and serving people come rushing out of the house to Horatio. Quick, quick! What was that thing? I, I think it's gone now. Quick, he needs help! We need help! And they're tending to Horatio, and the, the house doctor comes running with a little kit and starts applying poultices to all the bleeding wounds on Horatio. You just see him there, sort of twitching and almost having a seizure from the energy that hit him. You hear the doctor say, well, I can save him, but he's gonna have to lose his eye. And with that, we cut back to the inn and Horatio, again, just rubbing that patch of skin where his eye was, and he puts the patch down, gathers his things, and heads down to the common room. We now cut to Raznar's room, and Raznar is not awake. We see beads of sweat all over his forehead and the parts of him that are exposed from the blankets of the bed. And he's tossing and turning and, and you hear mumbles. Cut to Raznar's view. You are completely surrounded by pools of lava with screaming voices. You can't understand anything they're saying, but you just see their molten bodies as they reach for you as you're on this very narrow path with these pools of lava all around you. And with that, you get to interact with your dream. There's a path 
in front of you and a path behind you, very narrow. And these hands are, of lava are just reaching out as these voices scream at you. I can't understand the, the voices? No. I look ahead. Is there anything at the end of this path? Make a perception check. Woo! First roll. Whoa! Five. <laughs> yeah! You see nothing at the end of the path. The path just seems to continue on. Raznar tries to reel in his, his panic and his pounding heart. And using the, the training and repeating the same thing he does every time, every night, every time with this dream. He uh, focuses on what's ahead of him and strides forward, not looking to, the, to either side, but keeping focused on his path and walks forward. After a minute or two of walking, all of a sudden the screaming stops and the bodies stop reaching. And they've all turned and are looking at something on the path farther away from you. As you get closer and look at it, you see that it is a figure of some kind in a dark red cloak, which is probably why you didn't see it earlier, because it's just kind of blend, blended in with the lava all around you. You recognize the red cloak to be the same as the one you saw around town who was following you. The figure turns and looks at you and says, My, what strange things you dream. I look back at her and respond, What know you of my dreams? Why are you here? The figure turns to you. They have a black veil covering the bottom half of their face. But you can tell from the, the parts that are exposed that it is, it is an older person. And by the tone of the voice, you kind of assume it's an older woman. Um, and she replies, You are not the first to dream these dreams. No, I am not. But these dreams have come to me unnaturally. How did you get here? Can you take me away from these dreams? Answer me. I can perhaps help you with, with getting these dreams away from you, but you will have to do something for me as well. Speak. What must be done? When you arrive, come and see me. I am by the Tsar pool. If you do not know the way, there will be many who can show you. And with that, she just disappears, and you immediately wake from the dream. So with that, I'm assuming you're just going to get up, Raznar, and, and just get ready for the day. Oh, same old routine. Wipe the sweat off, get your gear on, uh, Find, kind of meditate for a moment, and find my center, um, and then carry on. All right. So you've all gathered now in the common room, and you're enjoying uh, a good hearty breakfast. Looking out the windows, you can see how thick the fog is today. Like you can't even see any people or any of the other buildings that are around the inn at all. And there's another group in the inn with you, uh, and they seem to be like a traveling band of minstrels. Some of them are practicing a little bit of juggling, a little bit some card tricks. Uh, you see one of them doing the number thing with the knife on their hand, ah. going around. <laughs> oh boy. Ooh. The knife thing. The knife uh, thing. And you're enjoying a nice, uh, nice breakfast. Mm. So you guys can do any small talk you want and maybe talk about the undead or what your plan is for today or if you just kind of want to leave since you stopped the cult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm jumping into it. Uh, first of all, Horatio's taking a, a seat at the table, um, you know, joined by you guys, and he is facing the door. 
And as he eats his breakfast, two rashers of delicious bacon and eggs. Um, <laughs> I hope, I hope. Uh, he he kind of just glances over to the door, and he's looking outside, and it does seem foggy. Like, to our knowledge, is this, like, foggier than normal fog? Or is this, like, something we could have seen if it gets really foggy? Um, if you had been kind of on the coast... Okay. We know that it's really foggy in the mornings and then burns off really quick. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's like super thick. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I make note of that to my companions, just kind of sitting there munching on my breakfast. And then just, it seems incredibly foggy today. Yes, it's like there's some kind of pressure hanging over us in the air. A weather system, indeed. Something strong. Hmm. Interesting. How did you all sleep? On a bed. <laughs> That's Boo-doo. always good. <laughs> not in a nest, <laughs> says Horatio. You think I'm going to make a nest in one night? Uh, I asked, I, but they didn't have any. Uh, I see, I see. No nest rooms. No, I slept on a bed just like the rest of you. Mm. He chuckles, kind of at this youthful enthusiasm. Looks over to the other two. I must confess, my friends, I did not sleep well. I had foreboding dreams that seem to have... uh, This fog has also set the same mood as my dreams. Um, It may seem an odd question, but have any of you heard of a seer pool or a seer's pool? No. Perhaps it was just in my mind, but for later, for later. No, I did, I did not sleep well, I am afraid. I, I found the bed a bit soft, to be honest. Hmm. You're right, the fog is uh, very strange. It does feel heavy, doesn't it? Maybe I hail uh, the barkeep, or maybe there's like, uh, you know, a server that walks by, and, and I kind of bring that up to her. I- excuse me, is this normal for these parts, this fog? It seems rather strong today. Uh, it's just a serving girl, and, and she'll reply, Yeah. I think <laughs> I think it's like this every morning. Mm-hmm. A slow nod from Horatio and uh, <laughs> gives her a, a small grin. Thank you. Thank you. It should girl. be gone by midday. Ah, perfect. Of course, it'll, it'll burn off before midday, of course. Thank you. And he kind of turns back to his bacon. Uh, you hear, like, a big raucous laugh coming from the group in the corner. And they sort of look around to see if they've disturbed anyone. And they kind of look and spot you guys being the only other group in the inn. Because uh, most people that came in for the, for the funeral just kind of left right away once things went south. But sort of an older gentleman waves you guys over and says, come, come join us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Perhaps our sour mood will be lightened with some some companionship. Yeah, I couldn't hurt to get to know the locals. Nice. Horatio seems a little more skeptical, but as I guess if the other three seem kind of into it, he'll kind of walk over. Oh yeah, Tia's just like scooping up all of her breakfast, her bag and stuff, and she's like going over, like taking up half the table. <laughs> with oh, like wow. assorted <laughs> bowls of fruits and dried nuts and, I mean, dried fruits and nuts. Very nice. <laughs> um, Raznar would let uh, Sia go first as he kind of insinuates that she's the 
she knows how to make friends the easiest with her traveling ways. <laughs> Wait till you take a look at my charisma. <laughs> Interesting how that works. It's genuine. I clutch some very crispy bread very close to my chest. <laughs> the, uh, the old guy intro- introduces himself as Stanimir. And they are, in fact, a local, well, not, not super local, but they are a traveling band that go around from town to town and put on shows to earn a little bit of money. It turns out that each person there, kind of the same with, you know, carny folk and that, has their own special ability that they're kind of known for. There's the one who can talk to animals and the bearded lady and all that kind of stuff. Um, Stanimir is known for telling fantastical tales and he is sort of shy about it at first um, but with sort of the egging on of the the other castmates he decides to go into a story morning story time story time (laughs) he heads over to the big hearth um, and he fills his mouth with wine and spits it into the fire the flames turn from orange to green and they begin to dance and sway as dark shapes appear in the fire. We come from an ancient land whose name is long forgotten, a land of kings. Our enemies forced us from our homes, and now we wander the lost roads. The dark shape in the fire takes the form of a man being knocked from his horse, a spear piercing his side. Stanimir continues. One night, a wounded soldier staggered into our camp and collapsed. We nursed his terrible injury and quenched his thirst with wine. He survived. When we asked him who he was, he wouldn't say. All he wanted was to return home. But we were deep in the land of his enemies. We took him as one of our own and followed him back toward his homeland. His enemies hunted him. They said he was a prince. Yet we didn't give him up even when the assassins fell upon us like wolves. Deep in the bonfire, you see the dark figure standing with a sword drawn, fighting off a host of shadowy shapes. They begin to leap out of the hearth and sort of dance around the room in more of a dance than a sword battle. The man of royal blood fought to protect us as we protected him. We bore him safely to his home, and he thanked us. He said, I owe you my life. Stay as long as you wish and leave when you choose and know that you will always be safe here. The figure of dancing fire vanquishes its final foe then disperses in a cloud of smoke and embers. Stanimir's face becomes a somber mask. An evil curse has befallen our noble prince, turning him into a tyrant. We alone have the power to leave his domain. All of the rest are trapped. And with that, the fire just kind of dies down and goes back to a, a pile of ash. Damn. Was this a true story? Because you're the teller of stories. But sometimes you can tell make-believe stories. Like Bigfoot. This one is our story. They say you should always tell stories that are closest to you. Um, Raznar, you know, does a, a solid uh, hand of applause and says, it's a well-told story, my friend. Um, tell me, 
What is this land from whence you come? Ah, but it is this land we are in now. And we are the only ones who can leave. With that, you hear a howl come from outside, echoed by multiple other howls you can hear from different directions. With that, you hear sounds of screams, like blood-curdling screams coming from outside as all of the sort of the, the circus folk leap up and are looking around like, what's going on? Wolves? That's the awful bold to attack the town. Something is definitely being attacked outside. Are you R- Raznar, sorry. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raznar <laughs> definitely grabs his shield and hammer and says, Let us forge ourselves on the anvil of battle, friends. We are needed. And I am um, heading out the door. Pulls back his crossbow string. Locked and loaded. Tia, like, throws on her backpack and shoves whatever nuts she can in her bag, grabs her walking stick, and is like, let's go. Leave no man behind. And as the other three take off, Horatio kind of looks to the group of minstrels and then back. I guess I'm getting roped into this as well. Have a good day. And slowly walks off behind the three. It's okay. They're also drawing daggers and that they don't have big fancy weapons but they do have sort of the bare bones basics for traveling on the road um and they're they're coming out with with you right behind you guys anyways as you open the door of the inn the fog is so thick like you can't see more than two to three feet in front of you and all through the fog you can hear screams and the sounds of gnashing and claws clawing and it's it's strangely, like, it shouldn't be as loud as it is, considering, you know, they're probably pretty far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you kind of poke your way out into the fog a little bit, something very beast-like and massive and furry just runs by your field of view. And everyone make a perception check. All right. What was that? Ooh. Dirty 20. Okay, we got dirty twenty. Ooh, yeah. eight for Raznar. Ooh, Horatio with the twenty-two. Oh, I like to perceive, baby. <laughs> and Kieran with a nine. <laughs> so Tia and Horatio, as this bestial figure kind of flies by you, you think that it looks like part man, part wolf? Question mark. Hmm. Of course. Which parts? <laughs> is this like a minotaur wolf or? <laughs> Some might call it a werewolf. Oh, yes, quite right. <laughs> okay. And no nature checks required. You all know that for your the experience you have in combat, dealing with a werewolf or even more than one at this point would be certain death. Suicide. Okay. Yeah. Like not even, not even. Oh, we can maybe do it. Like no, no way. Okay. Cool. I turned to, I turned to Tia and just, did you catch that? Werewolves. Yep. Oh. Yep. Not what I was looking forward to after breakfast. There's werewolves, everyone. We need to be careful. We can't fight them off. It'll be deadly. Werewolves. What are those minstrels up to? Are they? Can we still see them right behind us? Uh, you turn around. And the entire inn is consumed by the fog. Uh, and the minstrels are not there to be seen either. 
you kind of take a step or two because you only you're just outside the door you take yeah. a step or two and like the inn isn't even there anymore it's just fog uh friends the inn is gone like completely gone she's like waving her stick the fog must have made us lose our way Raznar is going to pull a torch out and light it to try and give just a bit more visibility in the fog. Yeah, sure. And then say... To me, companions, out in the open, we are uh, in danger of being attacked. We must forge forward into past this fog. Follow me. And he starts walking forwards in the fog. Don't leave us here! <laughs> and then uh, Tia's just gonna grab... Um grab Horatio in Kieran's hands or like grab the scruff of the skirt, whatever she can and like pull them after uh, Raznar and while, walks away. while Raznar is marching forward, he's screaming things like to me, to me, all, all who are in danger follow the flame, come to the light stuff like that you don't hear any replies and you don't see anybody it is just the sounds of the screams and more howling stick he's together Stick together. We'll be out of here soon. And nothing happens as I march forward? Still not uh, seeing anything? Nope. You're every now and then you'll you'll like hear that you're getting close to something or someone. Mm -hmm. But when you kinda get to the spot where they should be, they're not there. Okay. Is the ground um, underfoot still ground? Uh Good catch, Tia. It is in fact dirt, and when the when you came through this part of the town earlier, it was paved. Mm. I shared this knowledge with the group. Okay. After uh, Tia shares that knowledge, uh, could I, Horatio, just immediately start uh, moves his hand to the dirt and just and picks it up, and he's trying to just <laughs> remember if where in location to the tavern this could have been or if this is something completely different uh, I won't make you do the nature check because it's totally totally foreign the soil it's completely different what magic is at power here I'm sorry there's no speak with dirt spell <laughs> <laughs> so you, you keep walking uh, for a couple minutes and Again, every so often, like uh, the body of a werewolf will come just through your vision and kind of dart off. Um, but after a few minutes of, of walking, you begin to actually see someone ahead. And as you come closer, again, it's that same woman who was following you around town yesterday with the dark red cloak. And she turns to look at all of you just as a werewolf rears up behind her to claw her. And she turns and looks at it at the last second and it gives a loud, like, yelp, like a... And, like, kind of shies away from her and then runs off. As you move to try and get up to her and talk to her, she just looks at you again and walks walks away into the fog, and you're not able to find her again. I turn to the group and say, This woman visited me in my dreams last night. She told me to find her at this sir pool. I think we should follow her. She can scare off the werewolves and all for it. <laughs> you do find it weird that the werewolf would just yeah. kind of mid-swipe to see her and run. 
She's got to be pretty big and scary to scare off werewolves. As you travel on again, the sounds of the battle sort of dissipate into a nothingness, and you find yourselves just in the fog, just you, no one else, nothing around, other than the howling off in the distance. It seems we've moved past the the main area of the attack, but does anybody have any idea where we are? This is completely different. When I inspected the soil, it's like nothing we saw around the tavern. It's I been around a few times, looking for the horizon. Yeah, you can't even see the sky at this point. Oh. <laughs> um, Tia's like waving her wing, being like, I just, I'm getting a little claustrophobic, guys. I just want to see some sky, you know? <laughs> yeah, the, the fog feels very suffocating. Like, it's almost like, uh, even as you breathe it in, like, it, it's so dense. It's almost like you're breathing in a bit of liquid each time you breathe in and out. <coughs> we have to get out of this. We have to keep moving. I concur. Keep walking. Push forward. You keep going, and after maybe an hour, maybe hour and a half, you begin to hear more and more howls. And they sound like they're getting closer, and you can all make a survival check if you have if you're proficient in survival. You bet I am. Oh, brutal. I'm checking. Does that mean what I, I am seven? Not proficient. I'm not proficient either. Ooh, nice. Uh, so Tia got a seven and Kieran got a twenty-three. So Kieran. You've spent some time out in the woods. You definitely feel like just a tad. these beasts are hunting you now. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel like they've they're kind of like a they're in like a pack search pattern kind of thing going on. But we must stay close. They're closing in. They're 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 closing in. Aye, we become the hunted. Keep on moving. Don't anyone stray from the group, or they'll pick you off. But the plan is we stay together and we move fast. Fast as you can. Then continue to follow me, friends, and I... And I rage that, raise that torch in the air and just, um, same with my, my nightmare visions. I don't look left and I don't look right. I just focus on what's in front of me and I, I walk that straight path. Uh, after about a minute or two, you start to hear the... The sounds of something starting to run up behind you. Behind? Yeah. Here um, they come. Here I definitely run to the back of the group and say, hey, um, It's coming from behind. Take cover. And I, yeah, would go shield out to the back of the group if I could. All right. As you head to the back, Horatio's kind of panicking up front a little bit. Um, he goes an extra couple steps forward, and you think you see a house just sort of 20, 20 feet away into the fog. You can just kind of see its its roof kind of poking out from the fog. Okay, I totally pass that on uh, to the group. There's something ahead. I see it, a house. Maybe 20, 30 feet. Keep moving. Run. Don't think, just run. Full sprint. Full sprint. So you guys take off in the direction of this house, and as you, you come closer to it, it, it seems to not be affected by the fog. The fog seems to be all just kind of swirling around it. 
and there's kind of like a, a 15 foot sort of break around the entire house. And there's two kids playing in the front yard. They don't have any idea about what's going on. As you're running, you can still hear the thuds coming behind you, and it sounds like there's more of them. Like, like the this one might have caught your scent, and now he's the pack is coming with him. Tia yells out at like the top of her young's lungs, just like, "Go inside! Go somewhere safe! Hello! Stop playing! This isn't a game! There's something chasing us!" Would they be like small, small children that I could just grab both of them and and run with them? Although a minotaur yeah. running at children usually isn't the best. Maybe I should. <laughs> no, no, no. It'd be amazing. I support Let it. me Man. save you with my horns. Yeah, just yeah. hook what? each of what? their like, hoodies on they each horn. They hear from the mist, there's a monster chasing us. And then I come yeah. out of the mist running. I was going to say we each, we each grab one if, uh, if that's okay. Absolutely. I think we're probably you... You, I, you see me going towards them and you probably pick up that I'm going for one and you just grab the other. For sure. Yeah, one, they look like the, there's, it's a girl and a boy. The girl looks older. The boy looks like he's seven or eight and the girl, it looks like she's 10 or 11. Did they react to my warning? They've looked at you and as you're running up now. They've like both stopped playing and just kind of turned and looked. Yeah, I, I at full sprint, I grab, I'll say I grab the boy. Sure. Sure. And I'm. Is and there, he's, he's small enough that you don't need an athletics check or anything. Is there nice. a visible like front door to this house? Uh, yes, there is. I'm headed s- straight for that door. <laughs> Goring blow on the door. Exactly. Ram. <laughs> I've got your kids. Bam. <laughs> exactly. The house masters will thank us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you grab the boy. Uh, are you guys gonna just kind of hurry along the girl? I'll scoop her up. Yep. You're going to try and pick her up? Yeah. Okay, you'll have to do an athletics check. Oh, crap. I, when you said... Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like you can, like I said, you can like grab her hand or whatever and like kind of pull her along. But if you want to, like, fireman carry her... Yeah. The boy's yeah. small enough that it's not an issue. Oh, she's a bit bigger, eh? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, she's uh, like 10 no. or 11. I mean... Sure, I'll just, I'll just try and, and pick her up. It'll be faster that way. I don't want to get... I don't want to get eaten... If it works, it works. Let's uh, say minus one, chief. All right. And that is an eight. So you kind of go to pick her up and you both just kind of fall over. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're, you're able to scramble really quickly up mm-hmm. and kind of get her. At this point, Raznar is already up the front steps heading towards the door. And she yells out, no, no, there's a monster in the house. Oh, There's a monster oh. in the Do we house all hear too? that? Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in my in my um, <laughs> most soothing coup that I can manage, uh, I'll tell her he, he's a friend. Come. There's something much worse in the fog. Come on. Is there is there a shed? Is there a, is there a secret basement that we can go where there won't be monsters? Because I feel like there's monsters everywhere right now. Well, well. Mom and mom and dad said the monster's in the basement, and we're not supposed to go down there. Okay, we just won't go in the basement. Let's get in this house. We can lock the basement door, and we'll be okay, all right? Okay. Okay, let's go. Like a little Sweet reassuring God. pat on the shoulder. <laughs> I misunderstood. I thought you were saying she thought Raznar was the monster. <laughs> I mean, I equally, mean... Com- equally comedic. <laughs> yes. So you go and 
open the door, it's not locked or anything, and you get all inside, and as you shut the door, the kids are gone. No. No. Managing children. Hello? Kids? More trickery. What is going on in this place of fog? Mm. I look at Raznar with confusion. I had the girl. And I the boy. Where have they gone? Horatio, have you seen the, the children? No, I haven't. Tia, oh, did day. you see where they went? No. It, can we still hear the uh, chasing noises or do we hear anything like outside of the house? No. It is spookily like dead quiet in the house. Perfect. It's like almost as if you've put in like noise canceling headphones. Everything just all of a sudden is is gone. Do I detect a dungeon? I cast detect dungeon. Wow. <laughs> Speak with dirt. Detect. We should make a whole Speak like with dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spell list. Yeah, okay, I'll sure. write these down. I'll write these this down. This is gonna be an official supplement someday. Now. <laughs> yeah. Hello. You roll the d twenty to determine if you are in fact in a dungeon. <laughs> it's like you are not. You are in a dragon. <laughs> oh, that would be a plot twist. Nice. The belly that of the would beast. be that would be a one shot adventure I would play. A little uh, like Pinocchio action, <laughs> trying, yeah. trying, trying to get out of the dragon. When you cast Detect Dungeon, you make a survival check, and on a natural one, you actually have to roll on a random table, and you actually get teleported somewhere you didn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> you get teleported to a random room in the uh, random room in the dungeon, and you have exactly. no idea. Just you, none of your other party members. Exactly. Speak with dirt. Um, <laughs> Speak with dirt. It's like depending on the type of dirt, it like it always talks dirty to you, but like it just depends <laughs> on how. Oh, dude, so good. Highly refined, dirty talk from some high oh quality God. soils. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm, yes. Quiet. Like swamp dirt's always like, well, you know, you're pretty sexy and looking yeah. nasty there, and I just kind of get it right up in between them cheeks, you know, get real greasy with you. <laughs> Uh, sand is just overly clingy and never let you leave. <laughs> it's like irritatingly dirty, like <laughs> like penis, you know. <laughs> that is very grating. <laughs> um, I try and see if we can open the the door we just came through and peek out through it. Uh, the door, you're talking about the, the front door, right? Correct, yeah, to see, like, you know, yeah. what's outside. Uh, it's strangely locked, and there is no locking mechanism on the door. It seems we're locked inside. In this sort of mudroom coat room, there's oil lamps that hang from the ceiling by chains, and big oak doors that sort of lead. You can, they have stained glass windows, and you can kind of sort of see through them into what looks like a big foyer ahead. Hanging on the wall is a shield with a coat of arms on it that looks like a golden windmill in some kind of field. Sorry, was that the stained glass window? What was the golden windmill? A shield. Oh, that was on a, sh a shield on the wall Ooh. that kind of looks like a, like a family crest or something like that. Cool. That piques Horatio's interest. Could I take a look at that shield? Yep, you can take it down. It comes just comes right off the wall. Sick. I take it down and eye it up and uh, turn it over in my hands, run my hands over it, and just see what the deal is with this. It looks pretty old. 
Um, you don't recognize the family sigil at all. It doesn't appear to be any common ones from the area you're from. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it functions as a regular shield. I hold it up to Raznor and, and go, Golden Windmill Shield? Question mark. My current shield has seen me through many adventures, and I shall stick with it by my side. But thank you, Horatio. <laughs> Very polite, Raznor, as always. And I put the shield down. Um, like, I mean, I'll take it if we want to be able to at least show someone later. Of course. And I pick it up and hand it over. <laughs> Good idea, Tia. Is there anything interesting about this, this shield? Any inscriptions? Is it... Or should be hanging on a, on a wall in a magic house seems to be yeah. quite ominous. Yeah, there's nothing, there's no no writings or anything on it. It's just a regular old steel regular shield. Regular old steel shield with, with a the... house sigil. Yeah, exactly. Cool. You mentioned it was like a cloakroom mudroom. There, yeah. Are there any like coats hung up, shoes, or does it look completely empty? No, it's completely empty. And it looks sort of very well kept. Like it's not not dirty or anything at all. Okay. Like even dust of age or anything like that? Or like no. someone has swept this place? Okay. Yeah. That seems to be the theme today. Seems the only way out is forwards. Should we continue through the doors? Yeah, this, this amount of tidiness is giving me the creeps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll have a, look, have mm -hmm. a close look at it too, and uh, if I don't notice anything unusual, then I won't bother um, rolling investigation or anything. Yeah, no, there's no there's no yeah. investigation or history checks to be made here. Okay. Yeah, even if you took twenty, you wouldn't. It's not something that you can figure out. Cool. Yeah. Just just clues. Then yeah. um. All right. I approach the was it doors with stained glass windows, or there's windows and there's also a set of doors. Uh, no, the stained glass is in the door. Okay. Like 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 it's like a door with a stained totally. glass window. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. Sorry, and that just is that stained glass is it depicting like the golden windmill as well? No, it's just it's just the fancy just colors. Dolls. Yeah. Cool. Can Lovely French through? doors. Yeah, you can peek through. Um, I peek through. You just through. see, you see. It's I mean, it's kind of hard to see. Yeah, it's gonna um, be warped. But in. it just kind of looks like a kind of a big empty room. You see stairwells on the other side as well. Okay. It seems like an entrance room. I don't think there's anything too scary. And <laughs> she like furiously like woodpecker knocks on the wood of the door frame. <laughs> like, nice. Yeah, I didn't mean to jinx anything. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I tell everyone to, to stay behind me and Raznar goes through first. So this is a wide hall that runs the width of the house. So there's a black marble fireplace at one end and a sweeping red marble staircase at the other. Mounted on the wall above the fireplace is what looks to be a longsword. There are wood paneled walls, and they all are sort of very ornately sculpted with vines, flowers, nymphs, and satyrs kind of playing. The children must have uh, scattered off upstairs. Should we go after them right away or have a look around down here first to make sure it's safe? I think while he's asking this question, uh, Tia's going to look at the sword and see if it has the same insignia, as, like the same house crest as the shield. Roll investigation. Six. Can I think I... she's very oh. visibly standing there looking up. Sword. <laughs> uh, Kieran, Kieran's going to come over and give you help, so roll with advantage. Mm. Oh. Sorry, that was me roll with advantage. I think... Yes. 
Um, Kieran might want to look uh, for himself. <laughs> is, is that okay? <laughs> that yeah, is yeah, go for encouraged it. on my okay. part. <laughs> 18 for me on investigation. Are you going to take the sword off the above the mantle? Or are you just kind of like looking at it from where you are? Sure, yeah, I like to get my hands dirty. I'll, I'll take whatever I can and have a closer look. You know, being gentle, not to break anything. Yeah, um, you can't quite see much, but once you open up the blade, you see the same, it's a circle with the windmill in it, just, just below the hilt on the blade, worked into it. There's a warrior tradition in this family, it seems. Horatio just is, so much stuff is weird right now, and there seems to be magic at play. He asks to see the sword from Kieran. There you are, friend. Thank you. And he walks it over, and he picks up the shield. And he just wants to see if anything oh, happens. Can't. I, I, I can't do the shield. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, nope. Hmm. They seem like a, a normal normal sword and shield. No you magic cool. surprise here. <laughs> Why, thank you. It's really not my style, all this metal, but fair enough. And I give her back, uh, I give her back the shield and I hand the sword back to Kieran. Raznar is going to take a look around the whole room. He's definitely on his toes, like, thinks this place is a, a, a death trap, you know? Fog came and, and guided us here, saw the old yeah. woman. So he was going to do things like check out that fire pit, look all the doors under the stairs. Yeah, any of the little, the little squares you see on the map are doors. So those are mm-hmm. lead you to other rooms. But, um, but as, as far as this room as goes, you have pretty much checked everything. If you want, you can make a perception check. Everyone can. If you want to really, really comb the room. Make over. sure we get every little inch of information. Yeah, Coming I would in. specifically be looking for if we can tell if these doors give us any clues to where they lead. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna roll that first Oh, on. that's that's a good one. A 13. Tia, you got 14? Yes, I did. Joel, is that 22 from this check or from something else? That's this check, big boy. Okay. Oh, sorry, should I be making perception as well? Um, If you want to. I'm kind of good at it, but now we got we got controls. I'm good. Uh, yeah, okay. As you're checking out the room and Kieran's just kind of keeping watch, you pretty much have found everything. The only thing that catches your eye as you're looking is those wood panels that have the vines and the satyrs all frolicking around on them. As you look closer, you see that there's actually serpents and skulls hidden and woven into the design. It gives you a very creepy, eerie feel. I uh, motion uh, to the crew over to the wood panels and just kind of point out these symbols to them and just kind of shiver runs down my spine as just all this twisted magic seems to be at play and I just get a bad feeling about it. Kieran shudders with the memory of a horror from the past. Ah, yeah, something's not right. Oh, it's not as it seems. Everything in this place seems to hint of some kind of death or doom. But a door must be chosen. A door must be chosen. If no door seems to stand out from the others, friends, I suggest the one here just right of the fireplace. That's what I was thinking. Opposite the entryway. Maybe there's some kind of meeting room? I don't know. I didn't live in a traditional house, so I'm not crazy familiar with the layouts. Probably just a closet. (laughs) 
Let's find out. <laughs> All right, so you can open the door? In, in most houses, Tia, uh, any room can be used for the use that you choose for it. They're not quite often predetermined. Um, oh. But yes, all facts of houses aside, let's open this door. <laughs> <laughs> this entire podcast is just going to be, uh, it's just going to be Raznar explaining to Tia what a house is. One day, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So is As a house you see, Tia, the, the two doors that we home? came through before this with the stained glass and two of yeah. them opening from the center is, is French yeah. doors. With the leather. French. Yes. I don't know what the French are, but... Uh, What's a French? Do they speak, yeah. like, is there, is there, like, a common, like, an elvish door? Is there, is there, like, I guess an Eric Cochran door would just be kind of, like, twigs on the ground? What's in this room? All right. <laughs> Let's go through that door. Uh, yeah. Uh, Raznar is going to open the door. So as you enter, the centerpiece of this wood panel dining room is a carved, Ooh. beautiful mahogany table surrounded by eight high-backed chairs with sculpted armrests and cushioned seats. Uh, a crystal chandelier hangs above the table which is covered with resplendent silverware and crystalware polished to a dazzling shine. Mounted above the fireplace is a mahogany-framed painting of an alpine veil. On the table sits a beautifully laid feast, just steaming and ready to be eaten. Red silk drapes cover the windows and a tapestry depicting hunting dogs and horse-mounted aristocrats chasing after a wolf hangs from an iron rod bolted to the southern wall. That is all. Oi, something smells good in there. Kieran, I don't think it needs to be said that uh, the food is not to be trusted in this house. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> Just going Damn. ham on it. Even, yeah. <laughs> even if Literally it was good ham. food, I don't think it's polite to barge into someone's house and eat their food. Anything else of interest? I mean, they also locked us in this room house, so I don't know if politeness is still in play. <laughs> I was going to stay in the uh, main room here until someone calls for me. Um, You said there was curtains over the windows. Can I see out the window? Yes. You open the window, and the windows are now being peppered with rain. And it's strange because until you looked behind the curtain, you couldn't hear it. But now that you've moved the curtain, it's actually quite loud. Well. I'm not the only one who noticed it only started raining when I opened the curtain, yeah, yes? Try, try closing it. Maybe it'll go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, close it. Cover the, cover the window again. You can still hear the glass getting peppered by water. All right. How far outside could I see? Checking for, oh, like, no werewolves, etc. Yeah, no more than 10 feet. Yeah. And it's still just a wall of fog. Oh, right, yeah. Are this there was any a... other doors in this room? Uh, yes, there's the one kind of near Horatio. Okay. But you can kind of tell that it, it just... Yeah, it would probably leads. lead back towards the main. Exactly, yeah. Okay, Horatio walks up uh, to the drawn window, uh, or he pulls the curtain again to see the rain coming down. And he puts his hand out and just kind of reaches out with his power and he tries to connect with the water to move it. And I'm casting Shape Water and I want to see if it reacts 
to my spell. It does. Ooh. So I start kind of weaving it back and forth, just kind of like left to right, just kind of waving the water, and I look down and... Hmm. So it isn't an illusion. That is real rain. And I turn to the others. <laughs> and See, I, in a normal setting, that comment would be like, you are high as heck, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, some good shit. I'm gonna, yeah. I want to check behind the tapestries and maybe take a closer look at them. You know, it's got wolves yeah. on them, which is kind of the theme of our troubles right now. Yep, you can make a perception check. Uh, t- uh, Tia will help. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm yeah. going to say, like, I'm going to check behind these tapestries, but maybe someone else with better eyesight should. <laughs> 14. 14, not bad. I have hey, negative one in perception, guys, so, like, I should never be the person checking shit out. <laughs> my perception's okay. My investigation ain't great. That's actually good enough to sort of spot the wood paneling that goes around the whole room. And this time you see twisted faces carved into, like, the tree trunks of the trees and the paneling. And there's lots of wolves lurking amount, like, just kind of... Know, hidden in the foliage that's drawn onto this paneling. Point that out to everyone and just think of just this house gets more and more disturbing by the second. Yeah. After spending a few minutes in this room, can the three of you in here make a charisma save? Oh huh? yeah. <laughs> Shit. Sure. Five. <laughs> Raznar rolled a 15. Five. <laughs> nice. Teammate. Twins. Yeah, twinsies. Let it let it happen. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you just see Horatio just like reach and leap for one of the delectable looking pastries on the table and just takes a bite. Tia, watching him, views that as like permission and she just oh, starts yeah. Join me. grabbing food and, and stuffing her face. Oh, don't touch the food. I'm going to like push them both it's, physically away from it. Oh God, I, I can't. Uh, you can do one right. of them. Horatio, Horatio, right Horatio went first, Kier- so I'll go for him. Kieran, it's great okay. in here. Come join us. Come in. Ah, oh, you you got to try these grapes. I've never had grapes this good in my life. Nice. Kieran, do not enter this room. Something has <laughs> befouled their minds. Stay this outside. This turkey leg, though, Kieran. <laughs> oh. MG. I usually don't eat birds, but pass me some. Uh, I'm shaking her, um, Horatio. Let's okay. panic his rumbling. You, uh, you, you are able to sort of break Horatio from the spell. In the meantime, Tia's stuffing her face still. Um, and you turn and you shake her out of it too. And as they both come to, you see the food on the table just begin to change and wither and die and it just kind of turns to dust on the table and whatever you're holding in your hand turns to rot and mold and you're standing there Uh holding something that's covered in mold and like Uh white specks and everything Uh you stopped Horatio in time but Tia you'll need to make a constitution save Nice. so you feel like you're really going to be sick um, but you managed to sort of fight off the feeling and keep your composure. And, and... Fun fact, um, birds will eat rocks to help with digestion. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm going to say that she just pops a couple pebbles and is good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just goes right through her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, gotta, I, I grab both of them and just kind of like sternly talk to them and say kindle the fire of the ancients in your breasts my friend stay strong we must carry on from this 
befouled room. And I'm just heading straight for the the next door um, to the okay. southeast, yep. kicking it open. Yeah, so it leads leads back out into the main the main entrance hall area. Tia just um, like leans over to Horatio and is like, "Did you kindle the fire in 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 my what?" He's, he's uh, a serious man, but I'm glad he saved us there. This place is just not right. And he kind of gathers himself, shakes his head, and uh, and walks out behind Rasnor. Yeah, Tia's following, but like furiously, like wiping the mold off her feathers as she follows. <laughs> open the closet now that you're here. Absolutely. I was going to say, <laughs> let's open the closet. Yeah. And it is a closet. Oh, thank God. Whoa! There's a broom and a bucket. Now, this is, it's a cloak room. Yeah. And it does have several black cloaks hanging from hooks oh. on the walls. And a top hat sits on the high shelf. Oh, boy. Are they all different oh. sizes? Like, they would be for the no. kids, too? or No. They look like they're mostly adult large. Hmm. Not for me. <laughs> um, I would just poke in with my hammer and see if there's anything behind the cloaks or in the shelves. <laughs> just poking in there in the closet. <laughs> Get out! Clink, 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 clink. Any? Ah, uh, yeah. It's. Is there any ghosts in here? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's empty. Other than worthy that. question. Okay. Worthy. If anybody needs a, doesn't need a cloak, I suggest we move to another door. I think we're good. All right. Yeah. South? Continuing our sweep. South Not sounds good to me. Sweep. Okay. South. Okay. Can I listen at the door? You can. Perception. Oh, that's a natural one, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're not sure if it's just because of the stifling sort of presence of the the house you're in, but you just you can't hear anything. There's even like a, a couple seconds where you get kind of skittish and like look back to make sure there's still people with you in the room. Oh, they're still there. Well, this room seems fine. <laughs> All right. Going in. As you enter this room, there are two padded chairs draped in animal furs that face a great large hearth, with an oak table between them supporting a cask. There are two carved wooden goblets, a pipe rack, a candelabrum, a chandelier hangs above a cloth-covered table surrounded by four chairs. There are two cabinets that stand against the walls. Okay, and uh, for those listening at home, there's these three, like, animal-shaped things on the map. They definitely looked like stuffed wolves. Oh, shit. Kind of buried the lead there. I was going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, good, because they definitely look very real. Right. Yeah, I think I'll... Well, I mean, yeah, it's okay. Definitely reacting, sticking my hand crossbow up. Ah, what is that? You, just, you jab it, and the thing kind of like waddles on the floor. <laughs> <from> the <horse. laughs> I'm going to look in the cabinets. Yeah. Godspeed. Also, before you do that, I am not entering this room. I am clear. I am standing outside. <laughs> Horatio does not trust rooms now. <laughs> <laughs> so that cabinet is locked. Mm. Okay. How about this guy? That one is unlocked. I want to check it out um, before I just like pop it open. You know, everyone want to take a look at it, see if there's anything sneaky and magical about it. You know, check the hinges, check the handles. Check oh, that sounds like a no, so go ahead and no, open it. Awesome. Yeah, open, I'm, open I'm, it. I'm, I'm just... opening it. I'm opening it. Open it. Open it. 
It's unlocked and untrapped. Woo! Okay, I was about uh, to be inside, like... Inside is a small box that has a deck of playing cards, and there is an Ooh. assortment of wine glasses on a nice rack. Is there wine? Go on. Not in there. There is a cask of something on, on that little table in between the two chairs. Yeah, I read the cask of Amontillado. I won't, I won't trust that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Kieran, do you have lockpicking skills? You want to take Yeah, a... I was about to be like, Tia walks over to the counter and is like, hey, Kieran, this one's locked. As it happens, I do uh, I, I do know a thing or two about locksmithing uh, in reverse, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I also know how to reverse a lock, and I, uh... and I just twist my hammer back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have a more subtle method, Resner. However, uh, we don't even know if anyone's still living here. The The owners of this house may be uh, barricaded themselves upstairs. So should we, we be dropping them yet? haven't been quiet. It has been quiet. I, I mean, like, we, we've been loud. Control. I feel like they would have heard us by now and, like, been like, hey, what's up? I, I don't see any I don't see any shame in fully rifling through everything. Uh, he definitely uh, out of character for a moment. Yes, I got a little too into the the dungeon crawl. Raznar <laughs> would not be poking in people's cabinets. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little hesitant, obviously. And with that, uh, yeah, I'd be like seeing no people, no one. I would go back and try another room. Yeah. How's this one sound, friends? Yeah. If we get upstairs and there's nobody there, then yeah, we can always come back. Yeah, at True. that point, we'll have to start looking for a, a way to get out of this place. Right now, I can't kind of say we're on, is anybody home? Check. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm like popping a, that door Why open. are we locked in this stranger? Yeah. yeah. I, I firmly house. believe there is no one here. Her And Horatio is kind I'm of firm, making that. Yeah. So I'm Tia's like, like this is this is a murder house. We're, yeah. we're here. Exactly. There's foul <laughs> demons at play. Someone tried to make me gross, rotten food. Yeah. I think <laughs> full-on illusion magic going on. This place yeah. is cursed. Yeah. Coming in, this is um, quite obviously a kitchen. Oh. Uh, it's tidy. It has dishware, cookware, utensils, all neatly placed on the shelves. A work table has a cutting board and a rolling pin on top. There's a stone. There's stone dome-shaped oven stands near the eastern wall. And behind the stove, there is a very old-looking door. And it's the first kind of old thing you've seen in the house. Mm. It looks older than everything else around it. Mm -hmm. Hey, folks! There's an old door! Also, in the bottom right portion of the map, there is another small door uh, that you can tell is a dumbwaiter. Oh. Mm. What's that? Cool. It's a... Uh, uh, so it's like the... The thing you like put the food in and pull the rope and it goes to a different floor. Oh, sweet. Have we agreed that, yeah, this is definitely spooky haunted house and we should just be checking out everything to try and find a way out? Um, um I don't know if we verbalized it to each other's characters. Definitely not. Um, yeah, if we, yeah, if we feel like verbalizing that, uh, where Horatio kind of stands is this place is a little twisted but everything is this fog everything just seems unright and he feels like we're kind of in this and we got to move through this house because outside the fog the wolves it's it's this or that and if we're together in this yeah. house he feels a little safer do we feel that this house should be respected like a occupant's house or is this 
another foul, evil place, and we should treat it what as such. What if this house is, like, sentient? And, like, by disrespecting this house, we're disrespecting a thing that could, in turn, eat us. <laughs> At which point, like, like we'll say, like, uh, Tia was, like, looking, like, pushing around stuff on the, like, prep table, and then all of a sudden just, like, takes a couple steps back, <laughs> hands up. <laughs> like, anyone um, wants to touch things, my feathers are not touching a thing for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, puts them behind her back. Kieran sort of thinks, I, uh, I do not want to upset any spirits that might be lingering in this place. Do you suppose what the children said about there being a monster? In the basement, though. Maybe we can exercise that demon and make this place safer. It's a good thought. And this door, it'll lead to something. This this house is untouched. There's a wealth and new newness here, minus that illusion. This will lead to something. We need to open it. I'm in agreement. I, I think moving forward, this house should still be treated with the, the respect that a dangerous house should be given. I suggest we not rifle through cupboards and things without discretion. Agreed. I would also like to mention that a small-sized character could fit in a dumbwaiter. Oh, boy. Uh, Horatio <laughs> don't want it. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you guys are feeling about it, but I... Do you want to plummet into your unknown? <laughs> I, yeah, right now he's saying, no, I'm okay. Raznar okay. wouldn't even suggest that, no. <laughs> I, mean, I just felt like mentioning it. Yeah, just Please in case, you know. I hop right in. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm opening the door. Go for it. This door is old and rickety. It's clearly, its hinges are, are rusted. Do you go to open it? And we'll see you next time. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> What's in the door?